This podcast was recorded live at the International Conference of Addiction and Associated Disorders. I'm Aaron Huey. These are the stories, the experts. This is the support parents need. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. back, I had a, a friend of mine asked me if I had tried ayahuasca, and I said, absolutely not. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a recovered drug addict. And he said, well, ayahuasca is not a drug, and it helps with addiction. When I hear things like that, as someone who has seen people struggle with addiction, struggle with hallucinogenics of all kinds, struggle with opioids, I get very, very wary and my guard goes up and my, my hackles go up, my red flags go up. So this morning I met two gentlemen talking about Ibogaine and their work with it in their facility in Portugal. I have uh, Alvaro Di Ferranti with me and Dr. Fred Barret. Okay. Um, they are, they are using at the Tabula Rasa retreat, okay? They're using Ibogaine. I'm gonna let them describe what Ibogaine is and how it's used, where it was first discovered, the concerns people have with it. Um, parents, I want you to remember, uh, Fred's a doctor, uh, Alvaro's a managing director. These guys are both taking a big risk in their own clinic to do this work. Now on Wikipedia, it's saying that this stuff is showing some, some positive evidence that this could really work with withdrawal symptoms and with addiction, really help addicts. Um, and I get really nervous about replacing things with other things. But that's me. And I gotta let families decide for themselves. And I know clinics are gonna, and I know people here are using Suboxone and, and uh, uh, all kinds of things. You guys are using something natural. I want my parents to know more about it. So let's, let's get into it. What is Ibogaine? What are you using it for? Well, Aaron, thanks for inviting us on this show. Um, it's a great pleasure to be here. Now, Ibogaine, is an alkaloid that's derived from the root bark of a shrub from Gabon called Tabernanthe iboga. In the 60s, a gentleman known as Howard Lotsoff discovered that it had anti-addictive properties. Which means what? It, that, that it helped someone get over addictions or cravings? So um, Lotsoff um, was actually an opiate addict, a heroin addict. And what he discovered um, throughout his Ibogaine journey after having ingested the substance was that his withdrawal symptoms had been ameliorated, meaning they were virtually non-existent after ingesting the substance. And after coming to several hours later, 24 hours later, he actually didn't have any further desire to use opiates. No cravings. No cravings Doctor, is that possible? With Ibogaine, it is possible in some people. Not all people. Okay. And we'll go back to it later on. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So basically, it depends on the person that you're talking with. Our Lotsoff uh, is a U.S. national, was. He passed away some years ago. And he was 19 years old. Obviously, he didn't have a long-term record of addiction. And he didn't do it specifically for opioid addiction. He had no clue the plant has been used for millennia in Gabon as an initiation uh, 
uh, ethnic uh, substance. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so he used it for other purposes and it was legally sold in in US back in the 60s. And after his success, his accidental success with the substance, he gave it to try with his closest friends that were current uh, opioid addicts. And uh, 30% of them never went back to, op to opioids. Other 30% of that slice relapsed much later. Another 30% uh, relapsed sooner after taking ibogaine. So after, after that, lots of dedicated rest of his life in the pursuit of, of the ibogaine properties regarding addiction. And he has many patents to his name and they're registered online. You can check out the, patient, the patents on Google. And it, the, most of, of the patents were issued between the 80s and the early 90s. And basically they concern the use of ibogaine for the treatment of chemical dependence regarding opioids, uh, amphetamines, cocaine, nicotine and alcohol. Those are the main five. And since then, ibogaine has had tremendous scientific uh, attention, basic science investigation and also clinical trials, uh, some of which were pretty advanced phase two clinical trials, but, I, but they, ended up, they ended up being suspended around 95, 96 by NIDA in the US for reasons regarding safety concerns. Uh -huh. But the results were undeniable and obviously this is not a one-trick pony substance. It has its applications. Even antibiotics aren't, uh, you know, 100% efficacy. So what happens is creating the right protocol to the right type of, of, of patient will increase immensely the likelihood of success. And basically ibogaine is a multifaceted tool but regarding um, a more scientific-based approach, it's unparalleled regarding opioid uh, addiction because it resets your opioid receptors in the brain. It also acts on five, four to five other receptors in the brain regarding the dop dopamine receptors, serotonin, histamine, and MDA. So it has a multitude of, of, of aspects to it. But regarding opioid addiction, it's, it's unparalleled. The cravings, most substances, except for benzodiazepines, uh, there are reported uh, decrease in cravings post ibogaine administration. Usually, ibogaine is administered in a single dose use. It has no addictive properties. It's not a party substance. You cannot move properly with it. You have to rest while you're taking the substance. And uh, it can be quite uh, challenging, you know, because. It has other non-physical aspects to it that we can discuss further. You you talked about when we first spoke this morning. You talked about uh, it it just conquering withdrawal symptoms, which I know um, it's a massive part of the addictive process is going through withdrawal, even with marijuana. Right, 30 days in of, of, of heavy daily use, you stop for 30 days, you're hit with depression and aggression and ang anxiousness and, and, and it's usually what sends people back. We know that uh, alcohol addiction and heroin addiction can kill. So the relief of a withdrawal symptom, how are you guys employing this at your facility? 
Right, okay, so um, we mustn't look at Ibogaine in isolation. The Ibogaine is one of many aspects of the treatment. So we set people up with pre-treatment care, setting them up for what we call their rite of passage. It, we, it, the pre-care is absolutely vital for the success of the treatment. And of course, we've got all the screening before that, and we, having, knowing the client quite well before they enter our facility, we have a good idea of what we're going to do with them. Now, post the Ibogaine process, we have um, aftercare. This is a holistic process. It's got one-to-one -one counseling. It has um, interesting holistic care, such as holotropic breath work. We use a Wim Hof method as well, which is incredibly effective. We he's huge in the US huge, right yeah, now. Yeah. Well, uh, he's, he's phenomenal. We use um, Kundalini yoga, body work, sound therapy, the list goes on. We're very, very strong on the therapeutic aspect of integrating the Ibogaine experience. What's interesting, Aaron, although I am the managing director of this company, I am actually an addict in recovery myself. So um, I have been through traditional residential treatment. I have done incredible course in hypnosis, which arrested my addiction for six months. The traditional rehab I went to was a high-class rehab center in Thailand arrested my addiction for six months. I white-knuckled it, arrested my addiction for six months. Seems to be a theme here. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Then, my wife discovered Ibogaine, and she said, you've got to try this. You're going to die if you don't do something about your addiction. And it was that crazy that I just had to do it. Within a week, I was doing a treatment in Amsterdam. Why I do the work I do is that there was a lot missing. It was just a treatment, a bit like a drive-through. Got in there, got hit with the product, had an incredible journey, got back home. So we do this differently, and the pre-care and the aftercare is essential. And if you put in the work, going to fellowships, 12-step programs, getting connected, getting connected to your passion again, you're gonna probably stay clean. But if you take Ibogaine, and you don't put the work in like I did in the early days, you are unlikely to be successful in your recovery. Let me, I wanna, I wanna address that concept because I, I, what you're saying is 100% accurate, I agree. There is no one magic bullet. You both are making that clear. Doctor, you've talked about an assessment process. You're a personal testimony to Ibogaine, but, and, you also went to meetings. You also got, got physically healthy. You also ate differently, you're doing, is that like, for example, recently I was put on a, a medication called Wellcall. It was to help with my high cholesterol. Didn't work, I'm now on a statin. But I looked up online, it turns out Wellcall's used for weight loss as well. As long as you do it, you use Wellcall along with a 1200 calorie diet and lots of exercise. Well, with a 1200 calorie diet and lots of exercise, you're gonna lose weight anyway. So what I'm saying with all those things that you're doing, do you need ibocaine? Why did ibocaine help work, make it better? What what's the what is it about ibocaine that gives all this stuff that all the addicts are going to go through at any facility? Why does it give it a bigger boost? Right. Okay. Uh, this is the sort of question that I absolutely love. Um, I'm going to quote Gabor Mate: "Heal the pain, heal the addiction." And this is pretty much what Ibogaine is doing. Now, you can have 
weeks, months, years of talk therapy, Ibogaine has actually, it's akin to having 10 years of psychotherapy in one night. Now that big blockage of emotional blockage that you have in your solar plexus is not budging on talk therapy very easily. It takes a very, very long time. Millimeters at a time. Millimeters at a time. Ibogaine rises all that trauma. You're, you're from a third party perspective, you are in a dreamlike state and you're actually revisiting past experiences. You might revisit an abuse, a rape. The teacher pointing at you and putting you down in front of everybody in the class that actually you never shed that shame, that feeling that you got in the classroom. You know, this, is, this is real stuff, this is trauma. It can be small T, big T trauma, but that stuff doesn't shift. Ibogaine allows the lid to be risen off this pressure cooker and allows it to come out. So that just sounds like drugs. What makes it different? Because it's an experience that you go through. It's, um, it's a cathartic experience. It's, it's actually a, like a religious experience, nearly. You know, you are dealing with yourself. You are looking at yourself. You are pretty much destroying yourself and putting the puzzle back together right. into a novice, pre-addicted state. Is this something that's guided, or are you shut up in a room? I mean, are there therapists around? Are there doctors sure. around? As a doctor, I'm always around the patient in the room or just outside the room with the door open. We follow our patients strictly because ibogaine can be cardiotoxic. So we have all the ACLS medication, a manual defibrillator, and I'm also ACLS trained. I was, a, I, I was working intensely on, on emergency for, for many years, so I'm able to cope with any situation that might arise. And regarding ibogaine, well, it's, it's different from usual recreative substances because yeah. it's, it's, it is a one, usually a one to two time uh, administration thing. And that's it. And that's it. And I don't crave more Ibogaine. They don't crave. The experience can be a little bit um, discomfortable physically. Usually people cannot walk. They get ataxia. Basically, they have inability to walk properly. It's like you're under... Uh, Wait a minute. You're saying they go home? No, no, no. They oh, stay okay. in the clinic. They're in, in, unable to walk properly. I got you. Okay. And uh, with ibogaine, basically, it's non-abusive. You know, it doesn't it doesn't inspire anyone to use it again. And uh, the dreamlike, um, basically, EAG studies, electroencephalogram studies, show the brain of the person being uh, taken ibogaine, taking ibogaine, shows similar patterns to REM sleep. REM sleep is the part of our sleep at night sure. where we dream. So basically, it has similar, similar wave patterns. And uh, during the Ibogaine experience, which I, I had for myself so I can understand the, the patients and what they go through, uh, I was able to, to experience a sort of a lucid dreaming experience. And for me, it's quite peaceful. I had no addictions. I was uh, series into meditation, so my lifestyle changes had occurred many years ago before I, I tried Ibogaine. So for me it's quite uh, a peaceful and calming experience and deep and transformative because Ibogaine helps to to restore bodies, the body's ATP levels in a way. So it has many different effects on the body. Is, the, is, the, is your client able to talk during this time? Like, are they able to carry on a conversation, say, 
you know, I, I'm remembering what happened to me as a kid, and this is how I feel about it. Like, are there or they are? They are. We try not to interact with them during that phase. You try not to, though. We try not to because our goal is for them to focus on whatever they are experiencing, and we're just there to help them go to the bathroom, drink some water if they need to, and help them if whatever they need anything from us. How long does this experience last? Six to. 10 hours okay. on average and then they stay in bed for the rest of the day usually just reflecting and that's a part of the process where people usually they are just relaxing in their bed reflecting all their life's history why they did what they did but they have no visions during that part no lucid okay. dreaming Aaron, may I, may I just um, step in? Yeah, please. Because um, there's a, we, we didn't quite finish a, a certain question, like um, um, sort of what is the point of doing Ibogaine? What's the difference through going necessarily through a, a, a traditional treatment process? Now, um, we often find, and word on the ground is with providers like ourselves, is that the person, once they leave an Ibogaine treatment facility, particularly one like ours, where we do holistic therapies as well, they are virtually at the 90-day mark. Yeah. They have a three-month window of opportunity where they're motivated to make positive changes right. in their life, to adopt daily practice, to get into the meetings. They're effectively like a sponge. They're receptive. Their heart is open. They want to keep well. They want to do what's suggested. They're motivated to go to meetings, to connect with people. They're getting fit. They're eating better. They're getting a new zest for life again. I mean, I get messages every single day of people going, my God, I'm feeling better. You know, I, I know it was a bit tough, but I'm improving. My family's happy. You know, I'm a father, so I like it nothing more than when a mother writes to me and tells me how well their kids are. Sure. Doing. It's, 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 it's short of a miracle. So let's, let's, let's talk about, because you talk about a kid doing, and I know that you and I, uh, when we talk about kids in the industry, that can mean something very different for me than it could be for you because we'll get, uh, you guys might get someone 18 to 25 years old who still has the kid-like mentality of a 14, 15-year-old where I'm actually working with children 12 to 17 years old. Would I begin be used on a child? Sure, up to a certain point, depending on the parents, obviously with parent consent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, it's possible. Uh, have there been any studies about that, or would that be something that you, as a doctor, don't see any of negative qualities, effects that would have hurt a child? Well, obviously, we do any, the, the same screening we do with any adult, and obviously, we don't have uh, really young teenagers, but la late teenagehood for sure before adulthood. So now let's talk about the screening, doctor, because I, that that seems to be an important part of the process. And off the air, you talked about. You know, 30% do really well, 30% do okay, 30% don't. And we, how do you, how do you know which are going to be the perfect applicant or perfect client for this process? Sure. Those statistics would mean just a single dose of ibogaine, no aftercare, no, no other therapy. Got it. Okay. Um, the screening is very important because ibogaine has obviously cardiotoxic effects. And those are only noticed when you really overdose. But uh, when you do a proper screening process and there are no liver, kidney and heart issues, usually uh, the patient is, uh, is accepted into our program. 
We do blood tests, we do stress EKGs, we ask them to do all those things at home, and then we repeat them in Portugal before the administration. Okay. So it's a very tight process. We never leave anyone untested because there are, you know, there were lessons learned in the past by other providers that we will not make the same mistakes as they did. How long have you guys been, been doing this now? How long has the facility been well, open? Well, um, Tabula Raza Retreat's been um, in operation for nearly a year now. Yeah. And the reason why it was born as a project was that we used to do, like many other providers, underground treatments. But I was always concerned about the safety aspect. Sure. Some patients are still with me today and um, still doing aftercare meetings, online meetings and so on, and doing really well. But I was always concerned with the safety aspect. So you know, we, we invested heavily, kids school fund we like to call it, and you know, we're doing this with passion, we believe in this. How long is your treatment process in total with everything, the aftercare, the screening process, okay. everything? Right, well, um, the sweet spot at the moment for us is about two weeks. Okay. Um, we, ha we have a mixture of patients, some stay up to four weeks as well, some come only in for one week. The one week is we really try to get them connected afterwards with the aftercare online meetings, and the two weekers, we focus heavily on the pre-care or aftercare in-house. Is is your is your guys claim actually that in two weeks you can do the same level of of intervention, therapeutic work, and connection to sobriety that is taking other facilities twenty eight days to four months? I would say yes. That's phenomenal. Aaron, I got a phone call today from a client in Norway that was on 600 milligrams of Voxycontin only a week ago. Good God. On Saturday, he was at my family's, my daughter's barbecue in, the, in Lisbon, completely clean. Called me up today and he said, my friends just can't believe what's happened to me. And that is short of a miracle. And he hasn't been involved in the aftercare program yet, but he joined Sunday. It... You cannot get away from the fact, and I wonder if you guys still kind of stagger at it. This sounds too good to be true. In a world of addiction where I can tell you after 22 years of being sober that I can only tell you that I'm sober today, don't ask me about tomorrow because I don't have that level of confidence. What I have is a really good life, but I know that I gave up a good life at one point for something very basic. And you're talking about Oxycontin, you're talking about opioids, you're talking about heroin, you're talking about... It, it, Crack cocaine, cocaine, alcohol. This is intense stuff. Why, why does Ibogaine work? Well, I feel Ibogaine was found, was used for millennia in Gabon, but it was only found by Western people in 1905 by French scientists. And then it went into the US and it was used as a stimulant. It was also used as um, in, by athletes and it was further banned because it was really helpful for performance. <laughs> That's a way of saying it was a it was a performance enhancer. Exactly, yeah, in, yeah. in much smaller doses than the ones we use. Sure. So it's, it's in 10% of the doses we use, it can be used as an enhancer. Oh. But I feel because of the I feel Ibogaine, because it looks so good to be true, yeah. that might have been the issue at first. 
because it would solve many issues. And, uh, well, you know the situation in the U.S. Yeah. FDA, I, I, Big Pharma. I live with it and work well, with it daily. I, I, I don't know for sure. I have no physical evidence. But obviously opioids are a big issue in the U.S. Massive. And they're, they're more than $10 billion worth industry per year. And uh, this would obviously not solve the issue entirely, but would cut big. Do you feel like that's what you guys are up against? Is is something like big pharma? I don't feel I'm up against anything. I don't try to arm wrestle anyone. We just provide a service in a place like Portugal, where the, situ the situation is very different legal-wise. Can people from other countries come to Portugal and get sure. the treatment? Most most people come from other countries. And and this is legal in Portugal. It's not regulated. It's not regulated. Correct. Are there any places that, that is regulating it, that is saying, yeah. hey... At the moment, we have three places where it can be medically prescribed in a hospital setting, New Zealand, South Africa, and Brazil. And Brazil has clinical trials with published results. And after those pilot studies, it was regulated for prescription in hospital setting. Really? Yes, with good results. So there is evidence out there that there this is, is actually an If you go to PubMed, the biggest medical library for studies, you'll see clinical trials related with ibogaine. So you can see there's medical evidence. Okay. It's simply controversial. But um, it is too good to be true. Now, um, I coined the phrase that ibogaine does not work. Pause. In isolation. Sure got to, as stated before, you've got to put the work in. But it certainly fast-tracks the recovery process. People have spiritual awakenings while undertaking Ibogaine. That is a fact. It, it, it destroys withdrawal symptoms in a matter of hours. That is a fact. That cannot be denied. It actually is a fact. So Ibogaine is a stepping stone for change. That cannot be denied. The, the way a patient goes through the process of an ibogaine treatment, the way they exit that process, they are so much further down the line of a patient that has been through the grueling process of inpatient detoxification. It, you cannot compare the two. They are miles apart. They really are miles apart. Do you guys feel, I made an offhanded comment earlier, so as we're wrapping around to the end here, do you guys feel that my offhanded comment was accurate? That it's not legal because it works? Do you guys do that? I, mean, yes. I do. I do. Look, uh, recent statistics 2017, almost 100,000 people died in the US due to opioid misuse. And that's 0.3% of your population. So, you know. Beyond profits, I don't really care whether, you know, uh, whether it's a conspiracy or not. What I care is whatever it takes, we need to save those lives. And whatever works. And there's enough people needing our, our help and support. Obviously, we cannot address tens of thousands. But this is a great opportunity for those who are interested. And a great tool for recovery. It's a tool. It's just another tool in the toolbox. And you know what we do with Ibogaine, you can bolt onto any of these rehabs at ICAD and give them a killer process. It's going to actually make change in the world. 
Without giving any names, did anybody here bite? Did they buy in? Um, there are several buy-ins, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going anywhere, but everyone's ears are pricking. Yeah, mine are. And I'm an alumni of some of these rehabs here. <laughs> and I am a testament that You're if you put in the work yeah. and use Ibogaine as a vehicle, you are going to probably do quite well. Well, I look, I, I won't say all my hackles are down, but I'm, I'm going to publish this show. People need to know this. People need to make up their own decisions. My opinion about this is only worth so much. I'm sitting across from a doctor, I'm sitting across someone who used it and has success with it. I have, I've, I'm neither. So I can only come from that point of view. And I, and I think, I hope you guys get an opportunity as, as often as possible to talk about this and get some everybody's eyes on it. So at, at the very least, we can force more studies, more trials, more things so that we can prove what you guys sound like you already know. So how, how, how are my parents, teachers, and clinicians gonna find you? Contact information, what's... Right, well, they can find us online. Yep. At www.tabularazaretreat.com we're on all the social media channels. We've got a great YouTube channel with testimonials of people that have been through the center. And um, yeah, just look out for us. We're, we're making lots of noise out there. Yeah. Tabularazaretreat.com. T-A-B-U-L-A-R-A-S-A-R-E-T-R-E-A-T.com. I was going to spell it. I'm glad you did, because I was going to spell it. Podcast needs spelling. Yes, it does. From my Doctor, own experience. thank you very much. Avaro, thank you very much. Appreciate I, it. I'm so grateful you guys stuck around to make sure this how Everybody's packing up their booths yeah. around us, <laughs> um, but you guys stuck around for this, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. It's my pleasure, you guys. Good luck. Uh, keep going. Go save lives. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. and associated disorders and mental health news radio network always sponsored by fire mountain residential treatment center you can contact fire mountain at 303-443-3343 extension 204 to take a free assessment to see if your child needs residential care thank you parents for making beyond risk and back the number one podcast in colorado australia number three in canada and taking on great britain by storm all my love to all the listeners, and remember parents, take care of yourselves first, take care of your adult relationships second, and take care of your children third, because in that way, we do our best work with our children. You can reach me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com.